Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. in a big large room. They came in and they found their seat. They uh, picked up a coffee at the back and they wandered in and the reason why they came together is because every person in that room had some experience of Jesus. Maybe it was first-hand experience of Jesus, maybe it was second-hand experience of Jesus, but every person who came in there had learned something about who Jesus was and it made them come and gather in this room. It was a few weeks after Easter when this group of people gathered in the room and they were still hopeful that what was true about Easter was true about what was going on in their hearts in that moment, in that place, in that time. Everything around them did not seem to be working good for this group of people. There was problems in politics, there was rumors of wars, there was pandemics and epidemics, there was things going on, but in the middle of it all, these group of people, they got together. In that room, there were some doubters. In that room, there was people that said, I don't know about all this. I don't know if this Jesus person is who everybody in this room says he is. In that room, there were people who, did, who had lots of money, and there's people who did not have lots of money. In that room, there were families. There's people of all kinds wondering, what is this story about? And they wondered. Am I showing up for God, and is God going to show up for me? So they gathered. Who am I talking about this morning? (laughs) Am I talking about us? I'm talking about a group of people almost 2,000 years ago who came, and they might not have been too dissimilar from us. They got together in this room a time after Easter to celebrate another festival called Pentecost. And Pentecost was just a festival that uh, the Jewish people celebrated to talk about, uh, to thank God for the first fruits. Kind of like, we made it through winter, and there's something green outside. That's kind of what Pentecost was about. It was, a, it, was a, it was a time of thanksgiving and prayer. And these people, they got together. But this group of people, they got together for Pentecost, and they were wondering, what just happened? They encountered Jesus, and Jesus was led away, and he died on a cross, and he rose again, and he appeared to a number of them. And these people who got together, a mixed ragtag group, they were wondering, what is God going to do next? All they knew was Jesus says, I'm going to promise you something, that when I leave, I'm going to leave you with somebody called the paraclete, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the comforter. I'm going to leave this person with you, and you're going to do more than I do. And these people were going, really? (laughs) How? The confusion was thick in the air as they were wondering, does God still show up? We met Jesus, and that guy was amazing. But he died and rose. Everything was tipsy-turvy, even in their own hearts. There's guys in the back saying, guys, this was a great run, but I'm going to go back fishing, right? People wondered. Then, boom! Out of nowhere, 
Gwen freaked out because something just shocked her, right? What happened? In a moment, this ordinary group of people had something happen to the room that they were in. Something miraculous. Wind rushed in. And over top of them, this is how the writer of Acts talks about it, over top of them was like a flaming, we don't know, we don't have a photograph of it, but a flame coming off of their heads, and they started speaking in other languages. And everybody was like, what is going on with this ordinary band of people who are meeting together in this room for a festival, and next thing you know, something miraculous happens. Let me read to you how it happened. And I won't have any more special effects for, for Gwen's sake here. High quality special effects. I'd have done fireworks, but, but apparently there's like an alarm system here, so we can't be doing that. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Well, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. And they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking with their own native languages. And here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we all hear them speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. I love it. I love this grand story of this ordinary people coming together and people from around the city going, what is going on? What is going on here? Boom, whoosh. It is a weird story. It is a weird story. And usually the weirdest stories in the Bible are the ones that some people really drill down on, right? People drill down on, they love the book of Revelation because there's crazy things with horses and swords and fire and all sorts of stuff. So we, we love to think there must be a secret meaning there. And we love Acts 2 because this starts in such a weird way, right? Have you ever been in a meeting where, oh, the whoosh has come and the fires come and the tongues have come and all the people are saying they're drunk? Like, that's an odd church gathering, right? We at Lake Ridge work very hard to make sure you do not experience that on a Sunday morning, right? We're good Chestamerians, right? Coffee is as actionable as we get around here, right? And here on this meeting of these ordinary people who are confused and wondering what God is doing, suddenly the Spirit of God dwells in them and something happens. And Luke is telling this story. Luke writes the book of Luke and talks about the work of Jesus. And then he writes for his friend part two, which is then the work of the Holy Spirit in God's people after Jesus. So Luke is telling a story and he has a story to tell and it is, it is mind-boggling. <laughs> He talks about, and he's a, he's a medical doctor. This is, this is an upright standing guy who, who doesn't cave easily to strange things. But yet his book of Luke and his book of Acts is just jam-packed full of weirdness, right? Full of stories of God showing up and doing something. 
What is going on here? Well, Luke is trying to paint a picture of what God is doing from beyond and before time. God is doing something to reset his people in a particular way. Uh, we sometimes talk about four, well, I don't talk about this, but we can think about like four elements, right? Earth, wind, fire, water. And a, and a poet, Malcolm Guyton, he says, almost everything is in this. The wind rushing in and changing these people. The fire dwelling upon them and doing this miraculous thing where they start speaking in languages that other people can hear. And the story goes on that these people were then all baptized. They were dunked in the water, like 3,000 of them. So whatever happened here spilled out, and people were changed outside of them. And he says, well, where's the fourth one? Earth. <laughs> He's a poet, so he likes to think about these sorts of things. We have three, but where's the fourth? And everything about this story is about God making a new people. That Jesus has come, and in the new Adam, God made man out of the soil, but here God is recreating a people for himself. Filled with his spirit, he is taking them back. You might wonder, does God do miracles now? I, I wonder if anybody here has been thinking about that recently. Does God do miracles today? I was laying in bed with my daughter Scotia the other night, and she goes, Oh, Dad, I re why can't Jesus give me a superpower, right? And what, what sort of superpower are you looking for? She says, well, flying, of course. I want to be a bird. I want to fly. Why can't Jesus do that? I'm like, kiddo, I'm with you. I want to fly, too. I want to be invisible, too. Those are two, right? Flying and invisible. And we started listing them all off. And I said to her this. I was like, do you know you already have a superpower? She's like, Dad, it's not the good kind, you know? I want the good, I want the superpowers that make me do all the things. Laser eyes, you know, whatever, something blows up. Well, you know what? I started to explain to her all the superpowers that you have. I said, do you know that you know the places that you've been? You ha your brain can make a map of where you've been. Like, do you know where the kitchen is? Yeah, of course I do. Your brain has a superpower. It remembers where it's been. You can see a whole bunch of colors. Some people can't. <laughs> and you can. Well, that's a superpower. You can hear things. I start listing it off, and she's like, well, then I was born with those superpowers. Like, they aren't really cool to me anymore. I want the other ones, right? And it dawned on me in this moment that we are miraculously made, and the whole book of Luke and what he's trying to tell here is trying to remind people of who they already are, that they were given superpowers. And we might not have laser eyes, because if God gave us laser eyes, we'd be blowing stuff up all the time, right? We have enough humans destroying things already. But you know what? We do have a tool, our mouth. Did you know at any given moment your mouth can destroy and tear somebody down or build them up? You've been given a superhero that can change somebody's course of somebody's life, and it's right here. You can use that, and some people in this room have used that for good and for bad. You can use that on any given day for it, and this is it. We all want another miracle. And God's like, what happens when you use the miracle that I've already given you? And I'm going to do something about that miracle. I'm going to enter in to your miraculous life. I'm going to show you how to live with the miracle of this one life you have been given. This is the empowering and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that the tongues of fire that, that, that came out, these were tongues that people could hear the good work of God. This weird language that they were talking, it was exposing people to who God is. And these people who were all visiting from outside 
heard for the first time, what is this God is doing? They were revealed to the goodness of God. So what's going on here in this very strange story? The fact that we are miraculous people. The fact that we, is this true of us that we are miracle people with miracle abilities for this one and unique life we've been given to do something with God, with the very creator of the universe in us? Is this true of us? This is my core question. Is this true of us? J.B. Phillips, he said this, if anyone thinks this is a perilous and revolutionary teaching, so much the better. If anybody thinks this is a perilous and revolutionary teaching, so much the better. What I am saying here, I bet in this room right now there are people who are like, yeah, right. <laughs> like Scotia going, Dad, but I want the good superpowers, you know? We have to go back to the beginning. We have to go back to the beginning. I got here, my cassette. You ever grow up with, uh, with, with one of these? Yeah? I had one of these uh, cassette players, uh, a similar one. I, I, I needed one because I was listening to a cassette. Uh, and I didn't have a cassette player, so I had to go and hunt one down. I'm grateful for it. Um, and I had to take it apart because it wasn't working, and now it is, and it's really great. And then we moved to CD players. Do you remember those? You had to have a CD player, but you could not move the thing, right? That thing would bounce around like crazy town, right? Uh, and, but if you were good at the cassette player, I don't know if, if this is it, but if you had a song that you loved and you wanted to listen to it over and over again, you could rewind it and you'd be like, three, two, one, click, 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 click. Oh, I got to the beginning, right? This is you skipping tracks, right? And then when the, this idea of a CD player came out, you could just skip the tracks. It was like, what? I don't have to like wait 10 seconds moving back and forth between these. See, kids in the room are like, what old fuddy-duddy stuff is this, right? And this thing was portable too. You could pop it on and you could run around town, right? This is great. Here is what it is. Would you ever listen to your favorite band and so be enthralled by them that you go right back to the beginning and you're like, I got to listen to this all over. I didn't pick up on this element of the song. I didn't pick up on those lyrics or those lyrics. By the time I got to the end, I felt something meaningful. And you got to go back to the beginning, right? You got to go back to the start and go, there's something I didn't catch at the beginning until I got to the end. Then I have to go back to the beginning and figure this out again. Because this is good stuff, right? This is, this is good. And, and I had like a, a um, I say disc, no it's not a disc, a cassette from like the 1980s, but it all wore off, so I never knew what all the songs were. And recently I like rebuilt all the songs just from memory, and, I, and I'm really happy about it because I listen to like really terrible 80s music now. And so we have to go back to the beginning. We have to rewind something here. Did we miss something? Did we miss a detail so vital to what it is to be human? Revealed in the story of the Holy Spirit who comes and indwells us as individuals and us as a community that we aren't so deeply moved by this that it changes everything in us. Did we miss a detail that we have to rewind back and go, what is true about me? What is true about this world? What is true about God in it? Have I come to believe something that is untrue? How could we have missed it? This Pentecost moment, I think it reveals something we have missed. It reveals a secret. A secret to how we live that can't be met with us in any other way than God indwelling us and saying, this is who you are. A little while ago, last week, I bought a gift for each of my girls. Uh, but uh, Ivy was with me when I bought these gifts. So she knew what the gifts were. 
And I said, you can't tell your sister what this gift is. This is a secret till we go on this trip. And then, and then I revealed the secret. Do you know what happened to her? This is her. I know a little secret. And she loved to tell her sister, I know what you're getting. I got this secret. She was full of helium, right? She was floating around, grinning. She had this, this gift, but she knew that her sister was going to get one of these gifts too, right? She was buoyed up by it. This gift, she knew what it was. And Scotia did not yet know what this gift was, and she was kind of mad. She was like, thanks for reminding me. I look forward to getting it one day, whatever the gift is, right? I think this is us. We are people who have been given this gift, and sometimes we only have a little sliver of what it is. Do you know why I do what I do? Do you know why Preston makes some choices in his life? Why, when I was a little boy, I, I sensed this call to be a pastor, to love the church. Do you know I get hurt when I'm running things around here sometimes? People say things to me that hurt me, and I carry that. Did you know that, that why I do what I do? Sometimes I, I garden. Did you know that, that I garden because I believe something is true about the world? That I believe that we are about making something better here? Do you know why I write? Because I believe words change lives. Do you know why I pray? Why I am faithful to my wife? Because something has changed inside of me. I got a secret about what it is to, to love and be loved. Do you know why I pray? Do you know why I cry? Do you know why I laugh? Guess what? I've seen glimmers of a secret called Jesus. I've seen enough little slivers of what it is that Jesus is actually doing something and something about this way of God in the world actually makes sense to me and it changes a little bit of Preston that I would choose to live my life slightly different than those around me and that I would choose to say to others, listen, can you trust me? Following this Jesus guy actually, actually makes your life better and different and more beautiful now. This is not a ticket to get to heaven out of here. This is a ticket to be a part of what God is doing, get in on what God is doing today. And guess what? You can join in God and do that. So I have a little glimmer of a secret. I know that there's more going on here. I know it. I know that there is more to this life. I know what I am made of. I know, I know the material that I'm made of, and it is material made by God. I have a secret, and it buoys me up. The church's great re- the, in the church, this great secret is revealed bit by bit. In between the crevices of us, the Spirit of God is here. Did you know the maker of the cosmos moved into us? If this is real, if this is true, if this is not just the talk of a drunk or high guy, if this is real and this is true, not just the crazy man rumblings, of a guy who's lost his way and clearly doesn't know what the real world is, then what could it mean? What could it actually mean for us that the creator of the cosmos has dwelt in you and is moving into your neighborhood? I think we only have two options. We only, we, we only do. C.S. Lewis said, we only have two options. If, if God himself, the creator of everything, has moved into you, there's two options. One is it's not true. And we should dismiss Jesus and the church today. It's damaging. It's bad. The guy's a fraud. He's a fake. Nothing about all the stories we talk about are real. Be done with it. Shut her down. We should actively be doing it. 
But if this is actually true about who God is and who we are, then I think it means everything. It changes everything, and we've got to take and rewind the grand story that we've been told. We've got to go back to the beginning and say, God, who are you about and what are you doing here? And, and also, how do I get in on it? Did you know everybody is here today because they are searching for God? You are. You are here today because you are searching for God. And sometimes when you are searching for God and you come here on a Sunday morning, you just get Preston. I'm sorry for that. I chuckle because if it's just Preston that you are getting here on a Sunday morning, then I'm sorry. We're failing you. We're failing you that you're just coming to hear some guy talk and some, and some pretty okay music, right? But what if you're searching for God and when you come here, you join with the people who are also searching for God. And what if, in your search for God, you come here and you encounter Preston, and what you're really encountering is Jesus in Preston, who's talking to Jesus in you, and something happens, and you get a glimmer of that secret, of that thing that is true about you. And your life actually means something beautiful, because you're like, God is real. He is true. He's at work in me. He is doing something. Guess what? I believe this wholeheartedly. And if that makes me odd or strange or weird, so much the better. I believe. When we rewind in this story to John chapter 1, we are encountered with this Jesus who is something more than we maybe know. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The beginning of John, John's trying to figure out, how do I rewind this story? So the people know what is going on who they are, whose they are, what this Jesus means for them in the real world. John chapter 1, he says this, In the beginning, the Word, that's Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. Nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. John, he begins to rewind and say, this Jesus guy, he made everything. This same Jesus who met you and touched you and walked on water, this same Jesus who walked on water, he hovered over the depths of nothingness. This same Jesus who came and appeared as fire over your head, this same Jesus is the one who started up the fusion reactors in a billion trillion stars. And now he lives in you. This same Jesus who breathed life into the first humans is the same Jesus who comes as the Holy Spirit and dwells in you and fills you up with life. This same Jesus who finds you in the mud in the deep depths of your despair is the same one that put his hand in the mud and drew out Adam. And through some beautiful, patient process, put you in your mother's womb and you are here today with the heartbeat of God in your chest. This is what John is saying. He's like, rewind! Go back! Look at who this person is who made everything and who made you. He is intentional about what he is doing. And he loves you. And you don't need laser eyes. You need to know what you're made of. You need to know what your community is made of. 
So when the Holy Spirit came and dwelt over the people, it just wasn't an individual, it was a people. And we say this Pentecost moment is the moment the church was born. The church was born as a whole bunch of ordinary people with coffee in one hand and the kid on their one knee on the other, wondering where they're going to get their, their next paycheck from, and they're gathering together, and it's in this moment that the church is formed. And everything changes. Everything changes, not by their own power, but by God. Could it be that Jesus was there at the beginning of the story? And could it be that Jesus was here at the beginning of your story? And could it be that he is in this story right now? I believe it is. And I'm crazy for it. And I'm all the better for it. So we're going to do something. We're going to do something. We are going to explore the fact that God did not come then as a star. He did not come as all of his creation, except he came to dwell in his creation in people. And then he came as a person in Jesus. So we're going to rewind. We are going to rewind this grand story. And we're going to go back even further. And we're going to go right to the beginning. We're going to hear it again. And we're going to hear it again. And so we are going to enter into this new sermon series all throughout the summer, Journey Through Genesis. And we're going to take from it this phrase. He saw that it was very good. Did you know when God was making things, he saw that it was very good? Is it that possible that he saw something in his creation that you and I don't see? <laughs> that he sees something in you? And that because you and I could not see it because of sin, and we're going to hear about it in this story, that Jesus then had to go, well, then i got to show up. i got to show up to show them that I made them good. And I'm just not going to go beside them and walk with them, but I'm going to enter into them so that they can walk in my very good world and do the very good things I called them to. Friends, I just turned 41. That means I'm getting old, right? I'm getting up there. I got like, if I have my grandma's genetics, I got like 50 years, 60 years to go, right? I want these next 50, 60 years not to be ones that I didn't know how to live as a human in God's good world. That I didn't know how to be part of a community full of the Spirit in God's good world. Doing God things in the world. Friends, I believe that the Holy Spirit came and is already here. I believe the Holy Spirit has come and has filled people. And it's my job and our journey over this next while to be reminded of that by going to the beginning. We're going to take a look at the way that Jesus was at work preparing his people in spite of it all to remind them who they were. There's a church that I heard of, and when they first started as a church, they did a whole year in the book of Leviticus. Now, has anybody read the book of Leviticus? I don't blame you if you didn't. And all of you that say you did, you are lying. Gwen? Lie. College. Yeah, lie. Lie. We're going to talk to you later. You know what they had to do? They went back to this most boring book of the Bible to unpack it, to go back and say, what, what is the theory and base that this is here? And that church, it discovered something about who they were, even in the book of Leviticus. So we're going to go back. And I hope you'll join us this summer because I think this summer, although we're going through the book of Genesis, uh, we are going to weave through it in such a way that we're going to meet Jesus all the way through. And we're going to see that this good world that God made is in fact a very good world. And the people that God put in and the intention that God had for it, in spite of all that is broken, it is very good. And God is making a holy people for himself and that's us. So next Sunday, I hope you'll join us as we start that journey. And then that Sunday afternoon, we're going to go to a garden. Because why are better to start the story than in a garden? So if you want to come uh, next Sunday, we're going to go to Rita Rock Garden. Has anybody ever been to Rita Rock Garden? Oh, I only see a few hands. This is good. This is a secret garden. 
It's a secret garden. Almost nobody knows about it. Only the botanical people, and if they knew that I was publicly saying, then I'd be in trouble. No, it is, it is a public garden, so come. But I hope that you will come, and if you want to pack a picnic and come to, and just spend the day there, uh, the afternoon there with us. And we're going to talk a little bit about things, but mostly it's just going to be casual. But I think we're going to re- rewind, and we're going to get to the heart of what Jesus is calling us to be about in this season. Amen? Amen. Please stand with me as I send us from this place. I have a secret. I have a secret. The secret is this. God is here. God is with you. God is near and God is good. When God made you, God said, oh man, this is very good. Gwen, this is very good. I made, oh man, that's a quality person. Manny, oh man, I make you up. Manny, this is good. This is very good. Right? Chris, very good. I'll make you up. Right? I'm going to live in you. I'll walk with you in this world. Ben, oh yeah, no, nice, right? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace as you go from here. The ones that he's made very good. This is our secret. Amen? Go in peace. Go in peace, everyone. Be buoyed up by the helium story of this beautiful gift you have been given. Amen? Have a good week, everyone.